Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Heart and Hand is proudly sponsored by HyperX. HyperX is the gaming division of Kingston Technology Company Incorporated, the world's largest independent memory manufacturer with the goal of providing gamers, PC builders, PC console and mobile power users with high performance components. HyperX's mission has been to develop gaming products for all types of gamers, high speed memory, solid state drives, headsets, keyboards, mice, charging accessories for console players, USB flash drives and mouse pads to keep the gaming community and beyond. Visit uk.hyperx.com during May 2021 and use the code RANGERS for 20% off top-class full-price gaming peripherals. Offer is subject to availability. No minimum spend required during May 2021. The code can only be used once. Can't be used in conjunction with any other HyperX offer and is not transferable. Offer is subject to change or withdrawal without notice. Free standard delivery to UK addresses for orders of £79 or more. If you return any headsets or headsets, Purchased with the code, you will receive a refund of the discounted price you paid for the returned headset. Hello everyone, welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. This is your extra show for the week, um, as we are looking to be able to bring you all of the latest news regarding all things Rangers. We are obviously in the close season. Um, however, some exciting news did come out of the club a couple of days ago, which is that Rangers have now launched a fan share offering. Um, and we've taken the opportunity to speak to James Pollock, who is the Chief Marketing Officer at Tifosi, who are the club partner. And uh, James has been um, asked along to join me today. James, first of all, thank you uh, for allowing this time in your diary. I know we're going to talk about the uptake since the offer went out uh, publicly on Tuesday. I imagine you've been a busy man and very much in demand, but uh, thank you so much for sparing the time to come along to talk to us. Not at all. And uh, yes, we've been quite busy. It's been really well received and uh, we've been answering a lot of queries that have come through on the live chat and the email and a couple of calls. And um, yeah, a lot of a lot of very interested parties out there, people looking to get involved, asking us great questions, some of which I think we'll try and touch on today so that the others who are wondering the same things uh, can get an answer to those questions. But yeah, it's, it's, it's been off to a, a really good start. Yeah, so for anyone who hasn't heard, there is information for this on the club website. So obviously, please go in to, to check that out. So if you haven't had the opportunity, there's a great article and, and some, um, some video on there as well regarding uh, the plan behind uh, the shared offering and what it's looking for. Chairman Douglas Park has said that Rangers are here for 150 years and it's vital that we future-proof the next 150 years. 
the club has to put uh, the best possible position and by widening the ownership to a broader base of like-minded supporters and shareholders, we feel it helps put the club on an even stronger footing going forward. James, I think um, it's been really interesting to be able to see that uh, this is now for me and I echo John Bennett's um, comments that he's made across kind of various different platforms around the idea that we will future-proof it, we have to build on success, we have to strengthen when in a place of strength. Um, I think it's a really interesting time to be able to try and do that. As you said, we'll go through some some questions and we'll have a kind of bit of a chat around it. The great news for anyone listening to this is this is absolutely not my area of expertise. So if James can make it make sense to me, then anyone will be able to understand it. However, one of the things I kind of just wanted to touch on there was uh, tell us a little bit uh, about Tifosi and, you know, the, the kind of club partnership that you've entered into. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that and, and, and the company background? Yeah, of course. So Tifosi was founded uh, around five, six years ago. Um, and we've evolved a great deal since we first started. Actually, we started off doing straight crowdfunding, um, which was non-regulated offerings. So not, not investments, but donations. Uh, in return for gifts, you know, uh, signed jerseys and, and the like. And we then got our license uh, to operate with real investments uh, from the Financial Conduct Authority, which is the regulator here in the UK. And since then, we've been uh, offering through our platform um, securities in various clubs, and those are both on the on the equity side, the shares, like we're doing with Rangers, uh, but also on the debt side. So we, we've issued bonds, uh, so that supporters have been able to invest in a, in a debt product, get a return on that investment, and then get their money back at the end. And obviously, it depends on the specific club situation uh, and the objectives of the club or the financial strategies that they want to employ, which kind of offering makes most sense uh, for, for each club. And, and in the case of Rangers, I think the feeling is that at this point in its history, obviously with the recent uh, progress made both on and off the pitch, and now is a good opportunity and a time to allow people to invest uh, directly in, in, into the club. Um, and, and that's something which, uh, which we're able to do. Um, the company was actually founded by a, a former footballer, um, uh, Gianluca Vialli, who, who played at Chelsea and before that played at Juventus and Sampdoria, uh, now works with the Italian national team. And, and he, he actually co-founded the company along with uh, our CEO, who is uh, of, a, of an investment uh, investment banking background, so has a lot of understanding of investment products. And it was the bringing together of those two visions of, you know, how can we support clubs to raise capital, but then how can we also enable supporters to become involved in, in their club's uh, development through investment that, that the idea of Tifosi was born. Um, and since then, we've also added other products to our to our. Uh, offering, if you like. So we also arrange larger investments with institutions and everything, but still at the centre of our of our proposition is this investment platform where we can connect supporters and other investors with, with clubs looking to raise capital. And that's, um, and it's very unique when you consider that, because when you talk about, uh, you know, shareholding, as you talk about debt, equity, et cetera, there's, there's very much that, that, that main structure around uh, business and corporate understanding, etc. Sports very different to that, and I think that's interesting uh, because what you probably see, and, and certainly what I think we will see from from uh, the uptake that we'll see from the supporters, is you, you, you start to do it out of love rather than you know a kind of a, a, a business sense, if that makes sense. You do it because of you, your emotional connection with the club that you know is, is so dear to you. Um, interesting to see that a company such as Tifosi doing that within a very much not exclusive to but very much a sports-based background and stuff as well it, it is exclusive uh cami we we only work with 
with professional sports clubs and, and investors into professional sports ah, clubs, both at the sophisticated end of the spectrum and, and what are called retail investors, which is you know, ordinary people looking to make an investment as they would through any kind of platform, whether that be uh, in shares or, or in, in some, some form of savings uh, or, or bonds or, or whatever else. So, you know, we, we are exclusively focused on sport. Uh, tifosi actually means fans. Um, you know, since we have an Italian sort of heritage in our background, tifosi is the Italian word for fans. Um, so that's where it comes from. It's, it's spelled differently to how the Italians spell it. Um, <laughs> but that's a nod to, uh, to Fausto and, and Gianluca, who, who founded the company. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I think people invest uh, for a variety of reasons. There obviously some people invest purely for a return. And then there are others who invest uh, more because of the uh, emotional connection that they might have with a company or particularly with, with a sports club. Um, I think what's probably worth just mentioning is obviously these are real in, real shares. That, you know, this is a real investment. And you know, people obviously will be attracted by the emotional connection that they have with the club, but they, they should you know, take the time to read the offering document, uh, make sure they've understood the investment that they're making and the risks that, that are associated with that, because no, no investment is risk-free. So that's only one thing I would stress. But yeah, I think, I think you're right. I mean, when you're dealing with sports clubs, there's always going to be an emotional side, uh, people who feel a connection and that they want to keep that uh, connection going, particularly you know, even through the family. And John Bennett in the uh, investment videos, uh, there'll be another video coming out soon in which you know, he talks about uh, being able to pass on his shares to his loved ones. And I think that matters to a lot of people. And um, that's one of the one of the main motivators uh, to, to have ownership in, in a sports club and particularly, I think, in a football club. Yeah, and I think, you know, Rangers have said that there has been a, a desire for this to happen within a particular vehicle for uh, fans to be able to try and invest and I think you know if you look at the the, the offering as such at the moment just now that anyone can look uh, of a value between £500 to £100,000 you're going to come across a, a, a different you know level of fan who can put in that that amount in terms of, of what they can do personally um, what's really interesting I think is being able to try and do it at this particular period in the club's history because uh, we are very much focused on the 150 years. The, the you know the chairman and, and, and John as well has also said the next steps now are how we build on that platform for the next 150 years and be able to try and take that forward. Um, and there definitely has been an appetite from fans to not only get us out of a fairly dark period in our history in the last 10 years, uh, but then to move that on to the next platform. And fundamentally, that is built on the success of winning the league. So I think there's a phrase that always sticks with me, which I'm sure it was John had, had uh, coined before, which is we'll always look to be able to, to fix our roof when the sun is shining. And this is a great opportunity for us to be able to, to put that into the club. Now, again, as you say, if, if fans are looking to be able to invest uh, anything between five, 500 to £100,000. Yeah, that's right. And I think, look, John and, and the other members of the board spoke to us about that at length. And again, in the video, I think, you know, um, John talks about there's a, there's, a, there's a new video which will come out later in the week uh, and explain a little bit further about why this type of offering and, and why particularly this moment in time um, and, and John does talk about um, the fact that when he and some of the other uh, larger investors came into the club there was already at that point a demand from uh, supporters to invest um, but they felt that, you know, the, the, the risk level of, of investing at that point in time when the club was very much, you know, in the in the midst of its recovery, 
period, um, that, that didn't feel like the right time to them to open a share offering to the wider investor base. Um, of course, it's not that, they, that, that you know this is risk-free now, but I think what, what they talk about is having de-risked the investment somewhat since the last, uh, since they came into the club in 2015. And I think, you know, you can look at, you can look at the accounts when, when the, when the investment period actually opens, you know, people will be able to download a copy of the uh, investment uh, document, the offer document, and you'll be able to look at the accounts and how those have progressed over the last few years. And you can see that, you know, the revenues have obviously increased uh, commercial revenues in particular, obviously being in Europe, the club has uh, been able to secure additional revenue from prize money and obviously prior to COVID, the additional uh, European uh, fixtures that they've been able to host at Ibrox. So, you know, the club has has it certainly improved its numbers over the last few years. And I think it's in that context, as and as you said, the 150 years, um, that the, um, the board have felt now is a time that makes sense to, to take the offering uh, out and to a wider group and to allow more people to invest at this stage. Fantastic. So we've, um, we've put in some, some, some questions that we've had from some of our Patreon subscribers and also I think uh, part of a kind of general Q&A that I felt it might be good for us to be able to try and cover again. There, there are some uh, FAQs on, some, on, on the site, uh, which, as I say, anyone can jump on to be able to try and have a look at. But I thought it'd be good just to... Uh, maybe provide a little bit of kind of clarity just in case anyone's looking for any further context or just to, to understand what uh, what it all means and, and anyone who's looking to be able to try and uh, put in an investment. So uh, I'm correct in saying that um, you, you, you will receive a share certificate uh, based on obviously what you're looking to be able to try and put in. Yeah, before, before I get on to that question, I just want to stress a couple of points. One is obviously... Just for absolute clarity, we're at the pre-registration period now. So we've had a couple of people who may have been slightly confused who think that they're making an application for shares, and that's not the case. Uh, when you pre-register, there is a question in there that asks you how much you think you might want to invest, but that's just to gauge you know, the, the appetite of investors at this stage and to tell the club board you know, what they should expect and then ultimately, are we expecting to fill the offering or not, etc. Um, and the other thing I just want to stress is that it doesn't make any difference when you pre-register, as long as you pre-register before the deadline on Friday the 11th at 5.59pm, uh, you will be treated exactly the same as everybody else. There will then be an email sent out uh, a little bit later than that, which will be sent out to all people who pre-register at the same time. So it doesn't matter whether you pre-register yesterday or you pre-register on Friday the 11th at 5.58pm. Uh, you will be getting exactly the same uh, treatment when it comes to access to the priority investment period. So, yeah, so coming back to, to share certificate, yeah, so basically what everybody will have who has a successful application, obviously when you're applying, you are making an application for shares and the board then grants those shares um, as the next step and then you are then a shareholder. Um, you'll be able to access then your Tifosi profile on the website. And yeah, you can see your, your um, portfolio, which you know, might only include share, shares of ranges, but um, could also include other investor uh, other investments that you might make through Tifosi at some point. Um, and there you'll be able to access all the documents related to your investments, including your certificate of share ownership, yeah. Okay, good. So let's, um, let's just, because there's a couple of questions which I think will be based around uh, operating on the Tifosi platform. 
because uh, obviously the link on the, the club site will take you onto the platform at the moment just now to, to do your pre-registration. One of the questions that we'd ha- uh, we, we had asked was, if you already own shares, uh, are these the same ones and can be can they be put together in one place? And that's something that Tifosi can do. That's right, yeah. So, so a number of people own shares that were issued at various times in the past, uh, including the IPO that took place around uh, eight, nine years ago. Um, and yes, those shares can be transferred. They're, first of all, they are the same shares. They are ordinary shares in the company. Um, and those can be transferred onto the Tifosi platform. So if anybody were to buy new shares now, they can also transfer their old ones. Um, it, it will be a, a process that takes place after the offering of this, these set of shares has been completed, uh, but you'd then be able to move them across and then you'd see them all in one portfolio and have that online investment access so you can see everything in one place. And in, in terms of the pre-registration and being able to try and take out shares in my name, I'm, I'm unable to do that if I was looking to take it out in someone else's name. So, for example, if I wanted to buy it for like, you know, my kids, for example. Yeah, I mean, when you when you make an application, it is important, you know, you are applying in your name and answering questions about yourself, uh, and you will be verified as that investor. Um, once shares are then issued, you do have the option to transfer them. Um, that's not going to be a problem, as long as the person you're transferring them to is over the age of 18, because that's important that they are, as a registered shareholder, they have to be over the age of 18. Um, and they will need to create a Tifosi profile so you can move them across into the other person's Tifosi profile and then they've got them online. Um, but yes, it's, it's absolutely possible once the shares have been issued. And we have been asked by a couple of people, you know, they wanted to buy them for a child, uh, for a son or possibly a nephew, actually, uh, or a daughter. And um, that's all fine. But obviously, if that person is not yet 18 years of age, you will need to wait until they're 18 before that transfer can be made. Um, but once they are there, yes, uh, that transfer can happen. And would you be able to do that? So, if, for example, if I wanted to put an investment in of a thousand pounds, could I divide that, or would it just be the thousand pounds block that I would have within my name, rather than just as I say, split it between myself and you know my son if I wanted to get it for his eighteenth birthday? Yes, you you would be able to split it up. Yes, um, I think this is something that we'll need to. Uh, make a final decision on with the club but I I would expect us to have round number units so maybe it's you know units of a hundred pounds worth of shares that we would move across I don't think we would be looking to uh, transfer individual shares Um, you know the last time that shares were sold was you know in the pennies so it wouldn't make sense to be transferring you know very small numbers of shares um, out to people so I think it would probably be in units of about a hundred pounds um, which is also going to be the amount that people will be able to invest uh, through the platform in the first place. So £500 is the minimum, but after that, it will be an increment of £100. So you could apply for £600, £700, £800, etc. Um, so I think that will probably make sense as the unit, which would be then transferable uh, through the website to other people. Okay, brilliant. Uh, you mentioned there, uh, the, the offering uh, and pre-registration has now been open for just over uh, two days. And we, can you tell me a little bit about how you felt the demand has kind of come in? Was that something that you were prepared for in terms of uh, the amount of pre-registration that's happened? Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, you know, we're, we're aware of, of, of Rangers and its, and its um, you know, iconic status in, in, in both uh, Scottish and British and even global football. Uh, this is not a, a small club. So 
And we know also, I mean, I've you know, obviously spent some, some months talking with the club, but we know a lot about, you know, the nature of Rangers supporters and, and the passion that they have for the club. So we were certainly expecting and, and, and very well prepared for high demand. Um, you know, we had, we had a very high level of traffic hitting the website uh, shortly after the announcement uh, on Tuesday morning. Um, and yeah, I mean, we've had a, a large number of pre-registrations. I can't actually tell you the, the specific number, um, but it is multiple thousands of people who have now pre-registered, uh, which is very encouraging. I mean, we have still 10 days, maybe a bit more like eight, eight nine days to go of the uh, pre-registration period. And, um, you know, there's, there's going to be more communication coming out through the club website and social media, et cetera. So we expect to encourage further people to, to pre-register. But yes, yeah, so far, I would say that we are uh, positively encouraged uh, by the reaction from uh, the supporter base. Fantastic. And I take it from that perspective, the hope is that if we um, if we get to the pre-registration, we're hoping to fill uh, the, the offering in its entirety as well. Now, uh, flip side of that scenario is that if we don't fill it, we will still be able to keep it open for people to, to register interest even past the 11th of June. Yeah, so the way it works is, I mean, up to the 11th of June, you're just, you're just registering an interest to invest. Then what will happen is that, uh, shortly after that, those people who pre-registered, however many that ends up being, will receive an email and they will be granted exclusive access. This is why it's worth pre-registering. Um, uh, and that priority access, so your, your, your specific email that you pre-registered with will be effectively whitelisted for the investment page. Uh, so you will be able to log in and see the page, but others who haven't pre-registered won't be able to. Um, and then that priority period is, is scheduled to last for one week. So you have one week then uh, to apply for your shares. Now, this is a first-come, first-served situation. So um, obviously, you know, once that link uh, arrives in your inbox, um, you, know, you might want to, uh, to action it reasonably quickly um, to give yourself a high chance of getting the shares that you want. Um, but then after that priority period is then over, if there's still some space in the allocation um, of 6.75 million or thereabouts, um, then it would then be open, uh, the, the page would then be open to the full public at that stage, and anybody would be able to see the investment page. Uh, so the, the privileged access uh, through the priority period would no longer apply, and anybody who hadn't pre-registered would then be able to go in and apply for shares. Um, but I think the general feeling of both ourselves and the club is that the demand you know, is high. And so there is a possibility um, that um, all the allocation could be taken up within the priority period. Um, and we can't predict that at this stage. We have an idea of how many people are pre-registering, but we, we cannot say definitively who will actually buy shares. Some people might be pre-registering so they can have, have a look and then decide not to, not to buy shares. Um, but then on the other hand, 100% of people pre-registering could go and try and apply for shares. So, you know, it's difficult to be absolutely sure. Every, every group of fans is different. Every group of potential investors is different. Um, but that's the way it will work. So, so pre-registration, which then gives access to one week of priority. And then after that one week, if shares are still available, then, then full public uh, investment is open. And I think this was a question which I think had come into this from a couple of different people just purely to understand the, uh, the mechanics of it. But if the full allocation isn't taken, uh, there isn't a necessity to underwrite it. No, no. The, um, 
the club or, or the, the, the company actually is not specifically the club, it's Rangers International Football Club, which is a PLC, the, the, the parent company of the actual football club company. They're the issuers of the shares. And yet, they, I mean, they have no restriction on the low side, so they can issue as many shares come in. If it's, you know, if only one million was applied for, then they can issue that. Uh, obviously, they are capped um, at, the, at the high end uh, for, for boring reasons, which I can go into if you'd like to know. But there is a restriction on the amount that they are allowed to offer. It's actually eight million euros, uh, which is why when you convert that to sterling, is about it's a bit under seven million pounds. So. We're offering six, seven, fifty, and then the final exchange rate will determine the exact amount that gets sold, provided the applications are all in there. Um, but no, I mean the offering is not underwritten. Um, I think that the club are excited to see how many people will uh, apply for shares. There is, as I've said, an expected high demand. Um, but no, if if they're not offered or if they're not taken up by um, by people through this offering, then um, then they won't be issued. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, in terms of just, as I say, some of the the, the regulations and kind of following stuff as well, uh, you mentioned earlier on we are a global brand, we are a, a global base as well. Uh, we uh, are open to non-UK residents, is that right? Yes, yes. So, I mean, anyone from the EU uh, is free to invest. Um, that still applies. We may be post-Brexit now, but anyone in the EU can invest without any concerns. Any investor from other jurisdictions around the world should check the rules of their own country. So each country will have its own regulatory restrictions or regulatory rules. And it is up to the investor to inform themselves on those regulatory uh, regime uh, sort of rules and regulations um, before making an investment. Okay. Um, Because obviously we do have huge fan bases across in Australia, across in the Far East, uh, America as well. Um, and I know that they'll obviously look to be able to try and see if they can uh, do that as well. So they have to go to their own particular locality to be able to make sure that they, they are in a position where they can invest in it. Yes, that's right. So, I mean, there are certain restrictions on making investments of this type in certain jurisdictions around the world. Um, and without going into all of the different countries and their specific regulatory requirements, um, it's best if the investor just checks. It, it, it's relatively easy, I would imagine, in most places uh, to find out whether you can or you can't um, make an investment into a UK company of, of this uh, this type of investment. Um, in terms of uh, another thing to do, probably more with the, with a wider kind of fan base, some of the questions that we get asked were around whether or not a supporters club, for example, rather than doing an individual in, uh, investment per person if they would like to be able to try uh, and, and collate funds uh, to be able to put into, and, and we do have a, a mechanism that we can do that as well. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the, the platform will accept uh, an investment or application for an investment from an individual or from a company. Um, so you can select to invest as a company. Um, now a supporters club could be a, a legal entity, which is a company like a limited company. I know that's, uh, there are one or two Rangers um, supporter groups out there which are limited companies. So they would be able to make an investment directly uh, through the platform. Um, and obviously somebody within the company would have to do that and be the administrator of that investment. Um, if the share, um, sorry, if the supporters club is not a, 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 a legal entity, it doesn't have a company registration, then it would have to be an individual from within that supporter group. And then, of course, it's then up to 
the individuals within the supporters group uh, what kind of you know documentation or, 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 or agreements they want to put in place that, that then you know specifies who owns what of that you know of that allocation so if people are collecting funds together and putting in a hundred pounds or, or, or 200 pounds then it's it's really up to the individual groups how they want to uh, document that ownership within a larger larger investment so if a, if a supporter group put in five thousand pounds but that was split down between 50 people um, then it would be up to them to keep a record of that and to administer that um, so that then if if shares wanted to be sold in the future um, they would be able to uh, make sure that you know the investors who made the original investment would get the money back from their shares yeah i can already hear supporter club treasurers and bus conveners quaking in their boots about getting their door chapped as to whether or not their members would like to, to invest some money into it as well. So, yeah, it was a very interesting question, certainly one that we're getting in heart and hand is that we've got some subscribers who uh, would like us to be able to try and see if we can do that. And, um, yeah, I think that would be that would be really interesting for people to be able to come into it. Because, again, even £500, it's a lot of money, you know, to uh, to be able to try and put off, especially at the, the same kind of time as we are investing within season tickets and my jails, obviously, New Edison House, etc. as well. Yeah. It, um, in terms of the, the, the funds themselves, do we have any ideas to regards what the, the, the club will use the funds for um, in terms of, you know, the, the general fundraising purposes, how that will be determined? Yes, yeah, so this this will all be detailed in the offer document, um, you know, which will be available once the investment period opens, uh, the priority investment period opens. You will need to go onto the platform uh, complete some regulatory uh, steps to clear yourself as an investor, and then you'll be able to access and download the offer document. And 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 the use of proceeds is listed in there. Um, I mean, it includes various projects, which, as you would, uh, I guess, expect, would be designed to further the development of of, uh, of ranges, both on and off the pitch. So there's, um, you know, the Edmiston House development that you know is 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 obviously ongoing there, there are various uh, projects being planned at ibrox um, and the academy um, so various uh, projects which are designed to continue to build uh, the progress the development of the club and and and, and ideally enhance its future value um, are, are those which are going to be um, earmarked for for the uh, the funds but, you know, the full details of that and what the club can and can't do with the funds uh, is, is going to be available on a page in the, in the offer document that will be available once the investment page is open. Yeah, and I think that's something that's really exciting for, for, for fans as well, because we obviously have had uh, a large amount of focus on Emerson House. It's, it's a big project which we are undertaking, but we still have, as you say, uh, you know the academy. We still have the stadium itself. Um, the the focus which has been put on, especially given COVID uh, and the dependency that we've had to have on the website and our digital journey, in terms of obviously what's happened because we're now at a stage, and it hasn't always been the case, James. Believe it or not, as well, where you know we're obviously back in, been able to buy strips and all of that kind of thing as well. So we know that there's been a really heavy demand on uh, certainly the the, the, the club site the Rangers TV site, et cetera, as well. And I know that there's obviously uh, an aim to be able to try and put some of these funds towards that too, which I think would be really, really interesting to see as to how uh, not only do we do that virtually, uh, but also how do we do it in bricks and mortar and how we're looking to be able to try and, and develop Ibrox as a stadium in the local the local area, as it were, in terms of 
the amount of change that will happen. It won't look the same in 10 years as it does now, you know. That's right. And, and you know, I mean, obviously, we've, as I said, we spent time with the board and um, they, you know, they've told us about the journey that they see the club on at the moment. And obviously, um, you know, a lot of progress has been made on that journey over the last few years. Um, but they don't think that the journey is complete. And John um, talks a lot about, you know, recovery phase and growth phase and how he feels that the club is sort of on the cusp of those two phases now. But, you know, by no means, you know, is it over in his, in his words. So, you know, the, the club continues to have investment uh, priorities that it, wants to, uh, that it wants to invest in to continue uh, to develop, you know, on the footballing side, to continue to develop on the commercial side. Uh, on on fan engagement, etc. So I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think that's the way that they've described it to us, and I think it, it makes a lot of sense that this is an opportunity to uh, to come in at this stage while the club continues to develop, and, and hopefully will develop further in, into the future. Yeah, and I think um, just the, again, like you say, coming in, uh, coming into some of the specifics uh, around actual shareholding and and uh, the the the, the comes states of the the board, etc. Um, one of the questions we were asked was, you know, how can the shares be traded in future if we're not listed? Uh, can you tell me a little bit around that? Yeah, so that's right. So the, the shares are not being listed on a, on a premium exchange such as the, the London Stock Exchange. Um, this isn't an IPO uh, in that sense. Um, but, you know, essentially, you know, because we're handling this offering, um, we have something called the Tifosi Exchange. Uh, which is a secondary market where Tifosi uh, members can, can trade their securities uh, that they've purchased on, on Tifosi from one person to another. So it it's kind of operates like a notice board um, and it allows members to express an interest to sell or express an interest to buy. And through that notice board, effectively, those people are matched up and it allows them to transfer shares from one person to another um, and, and the transaction on the Tifosi exchange is a direct sale between the buyer and the seller. So we don't intervene. Uh, we're, not, we're not there to, to say what is the correct or the incorrect price. Um, it's fully digitized and it's completed entirely through the, the platform. And um, just so I can understand as well, because uh, again, a, a question which I think is, is conscious of the journey and everything else that's going to happen at this point as well. Um, are the shares different to the, the ones that were initially offered as part of the original IPO back in December 2012? Um, and, you know, where they sat in terms of um, what the directors have bought in as well? Well, no, they're, they're exactly the same class of shares. So, um, um, you know, John, I think in the video that's already come out, he says, you know, what's important to understand is these are ordinary shares. And I think, in the next in the next video, um, I think again it will be made clear again that you know these are the same class of shares, the same rank as as those owned by uh, those who invested in the IPO, but also those who have come into the club and invested at larger amounts over the over the past five or six years. Uh, so that the legal term is pari passu, uh, you know, having the same ranking. Uh, as, as those shares. So, yeah, they all come with one vote. Uh, so one share, one vote, um, you know, the right to attend the AGM. Um, so, it, it, you know, there, there's no difference, basically, between these, these different classes or these different offerings of shares that have been made over the last uh, few issuances that people might have seen in a company's house. They're all the same type of shares. 
you mentioned this earlier. I just want to uh, also just kind of touch on it briefly, just to clarify it as well. Uh, the shares um, aren't valued daily; they're not listed on the the London Stock Exchange. No, that's right. So, so the offering uh, that we're that we're making now, that the, the club are making now, I should say, uh, they set the share price. Uh, a few people have asked us what that share price is. I mean, it's being finalised, and it will be revealed or disclosed. Um, at the time that the investment page actually opens up. So, so the price for this offering is set by the, by the board. Um, and, you know, they're not listed on, a, on a, a stock market where the price would go up and down based on uh, demand, um, you know, for, for those shares. So, no, there won't be any live price. Uh, there won't be any kind of moving stock ticker um, so that people can see a difference in price. Uh, when, when people, should people decide to sell their shares, they will actually need to set a price at which they would like to sell those shares. And it then depends on whether they can find a buyer who's willing to buy them at that price. Um, so it's very much more like a, you know, a marketplace, uh, but not a, a full market where, you know, the, the huge numbers of shares are being traded every minute. And that helps to guide an ongoing price going up and down according to demand. Uh, so no, um, long answer to a short question. Um, no, they won't be valued daily, um, and uh, the, the price is set by by the board for this offering. And as I'm sure we probably will see this scenario, because I'm, I'm very confident in, in how successful the scheme will be. Uh, what's the what's the next steps if there is an over allocation in terms of the amount of people uh, looking to be able to register, and then we then come back to it? Because obviously you've mentioned the uh, the requisite action once people have their um, uh, their, their confirmation back after the pre-registration stage. Yeah, so it, it, hopefully everybody's you know who pre-registered received a confirmation email um, to say that they have. Um, we are aware of one or two people who have entered their email address incorrectly by accident, and that may mean that their email has gone astray. Uh, we will do our best to get in touch with those people. Uh, but if you think you might be one of those people, please do try to log back in and check that your email address is correct. Uh, you will obviously need your email address to log in. So if you can't log in, it may be because it's been made incorrectly. Um, in which case, contact us uh, through rangers at tifosi or rangersattifosi.com or uh, through the live chat on, on the webpage and we'll see what we can do to help you. Um, but once you're pre-registered, you know, on, on the day of the investment uh, page, priority period being opened, you'll receive an email with a link that will allow you to go and uh, then make your application for shares. Once the total amount of, of allocation is reached, assuming that, that it is, um, then the page will go into over-allocation, right? So there will be a notice that, you know, share, while share applications can still be taken, um, it's a warning that, you know, in, in, you know, at that point in time, there's a high likelihood that you would not get the shares that you've applied for because we're past the stage of, of the full allocation. So we have an overflow list of applications to make sure that then if anybody does drop out of the original list, you know, we can then fill that gap with uh, somebody from the, um, from the overflow list. Um, the application list is actually then sent to the board um of the company which is the plc uh, for approval they have the right to decline any application or to scale an application back um, but we do expect you know that allocation to be done on a first come first serve basis uh, for fairness it doesn't seem fair to 
pick and choose too much between people. Um, you know, so that's why it makes sense to to act with some urgency when uh, when the investment page is open. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, if anybody's application is dropped out, I mean, people can uh, decide to drop their application, to, to uh, withdraw their application. If they do so within a 14-day cooling off period, they can cancel their application. Um, so that's why we have the overflow list. Um, if we do go over the amount of 6.75 million, uh, just to make sure that there's somebody there in case uh, any application is cancelled or rejected for any reason, um, you know, there, there are things like anti-money laundering checks built into our systems to make sure that the money we're accepting is is not being laundered and, you know, is coming from a, a, a known use of funds and, or source of funds. So there's all these sorts of things. And it's, it's very rare, obviously, that an application is declined on, on those kinds of bases. Uh, but if for any reason applications are dropped, we would then fill those from the overflow list. And, and that's how that would then be completed. So we would hope to end up issuing the maximum amount of shares that we're able to under the cap that's imposed by uh, the regulator. Fantastic. So just to, just to make that crystal for everyone, then we have got the pre-registration application deadline, which takes us up to uh, Friday 11th of June, 5.59pm. Uh, and then, you know, in the strongest possible terms, could you please make sure that you keep an eye on your email addresses? Because as soon as you receive the email and the offering page is open, you then need to jump straight onto that to make sure that you then get the opportunity to do so. And that is first come, first served. That's right. And, and you know, we, we do intend, once we've gathered most of the pre-registrations, we do intend to inform those individuals once it's been decided when the actual investment page will open so that people don't have to literally walk watch their email like a hawk. And they'll be able to actually uh, log in at the appropriate time and, and be in a position to invest. Absolutely fantastic. Well, listen, um, James, listen, firstly, thank you so much for coming on uh, uh, and speaking to me today. And, and I think answering some, some great questions that we had from, from our subscribers and, and being able to try and provide, provide some more clarity with that. Uh, if it helps, I've, I've understood it, which again, like I say, is probably the litmus test for most people. Um, I, what I would love to be able to try and do if we get any more inquiries uh, is to be able to try and get you back on even if it's just for a quick chat and we can include it as part of our daily update on our Patreon site, if that would be okay. More than happy to do that. That's great. Thank you. James, listen, again, thank you so much for your time. I know that you'll be mega busy, but thank you for joining us this week in heart and hand. Really look forward to speaking to you again. Really can't wait to see uh, how well the offering is going to do um, and the resultant funds going into the club and making some fantastic improvement in development. Absolutely. It's been great to be on. Thanks very much for inviting me. Thank you now. Podcast Network.